From the Crypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have our Week in Review and some new news that is very eyebrow-raising. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. And let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, July 8th, 2022. The time is 8.19 a.m. Eastern Day Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $21,653, up 5.7% in 24. Ethereum's at $1,227, up 3.5% in 24. Tether is number three. USDC is number four. And Binance is at 240, up a percent in 24. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Dogecoin. And everybody's like, why is everything going up? Reasons. <laughs> it's just reasons. Um, do I think that we've seen the bottom? I do not know. And this is actually very, very interesting because if we didn't see the bottom and we go back up to, say, I don't know, $40,000 Bitcoin, and even if we start seeing maybe all-time highs prices start to come in, then it would be a new event. This downswing should last for quite some time, to be honest with you, uh, if we were talking about historical and the way that the markets usually move. However, you know, things do change. And just because history says one thing doesn't mean the future is going to operate the same way as history. But I cannot see that that $19,000, $18,000 Bitcoin was the lowest of the low. Anyway, just be careful, everybody. Not financial advice. Total market cap, we're at $952.1 billion, which is up 3.3% in 24, a BTC dominance of 43.3, and an F dominance of 16.5. Moving into our weekend review, Tuesday was an interesting day. After the 4th of July weekend, we woke up to three days of news, and, well, we heard that Voyager Digital announced that it suspended and halted withdrawals, deposits, and trading Due to current market conditions, as we all know that it was a domino that fell because of Three Arrows Capital. Voyager Digital loaned Three Arrows Capital 15,250 Bitcoin, which is around $300 million on Tuesday, and $350 million in USDC. Voyager Digital said, hey, we need that money back because you guys are going under, so pay us our money. Give us $25 million by X date. Give us the rest of it by X date. And Three Arrows Capital basically said, we ain't got the money. Well, that was another domino to fall in the crypto space, which is taking down a lot of companies right now. We're going to see more in a minute. That same day, Vault, a Singapore-based cryptocurrency lending and exchange platform, halted its operations, citing financial difficulties amid volatile market conditions. The company also announced that it would immediately suspend all deposits, withdrawals, and trading. And because of all of these different companies suspending withdrawals and trading, well, there's rumors going around about other people or other companies or other coins also in trouble. The price of KuCoin, KCS, native tokens of the KuCoin cryptocurrency exchange, tanked over the past seven days, and this was on Tuesday, following, insolv- following insolvency rumors. As of right now, KuCoin, KCS token, is at 
nine dollars exactly which is still down around 15 percent over the past week KuCoin is the fifth largest cryptocurrency exchange with a 24-hour trading volume of around $930 million. The KCS token is also number 50 on CoinMarketCap. But over the 4th of July weekend, rumors started to spread that KuCoin would have to halt withdrawals because it was about to go bust. Well, KuCoin CEO said that is not true and it is all FUD. It's all rumors and that they had no exposure to Luna, 3O's Capital, or Babel, three companies that are in major, major trouble and i just want to point out as well that alex mashinsky the ceo of celsius the day before celsius suspended withdrawals also said don't believe the fud so what do you believe the ceos the fud the rumors just be safe out there also on tuesday blockfi ceo zach prince tweeted that the deal that represents around 680 million dollars is an option to acquire blockfi from ftx so what's part of the deal Well, the first part of it is a $400 million revolving credit and an option for FTX to acquire BlockFi at a price of up to $240 million. That's based on performance triggers. So it's up to $240 million. It could be anywhere within that range. Remember, rumors were going around that FTX was going to acquire BlockFi for only $25 million. Well, I haven't seen that that can't be the case because remember, it's up to $240 million and it's based on performance triggers. However, in all fairness, I highly doubt that they're going to acquire BlockFi for only $25 million. Moving to Wednesday, Voyager Digital is still the big news because of traditional finance fuckery that we thought couldn't happen or won't happen or wasn't happening in the crypto space. Voyager Digital on Wednesday became the second high-profile crypto firm to file for bankruptcy, joining Three Arrows Capital. Also on Wednesday, Voyager Digital, in the wake of filing for bankruptcy, its stocks were suspended from trading on the Toronto Stock Exchange. One thing that I thought was giving them more validity. I'm going to tell you some new news in a little bit about what's going on with Voyager Digital. Per the document, Voyager Digital had about 100,000 creditors and between $1 and $10 billion in assets with the same range of liabilities. Voyager stock plunged around 12% as the news broke that it was suspending trading. The all-time high price of Voyager Digital stocks was around $27 in March of 2021. Right about now, they're about a quarter. Not a quarter of $27, a quarter, 25 cents. Whew. Also on Wednesday, we heard that the Indian government legislated a 1% tax called the TDS, or Tax Deducted at Source. And that means that it's now mandatory for exchanges in India to deduct 1% of the transaction value from the buyer on all crypto-related transactions of more than $126. Those taxes will be paid to the government. And as that announcement came out, trading volumes across exchanges, including WazirX, ZebPay, and CoinDCX, fell by at least 50%, which I'm telling you is only just shock. It's market shock. That's what happens. You get news like this, everybody's like, oh no. And then everybody starts to kind of like come back in slowly. It's kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like have you ever scared like a, a flock of birds and they all fly away and then you see them one by one landing back on the the, the telephone lines or, or going to the, like the, the fountain it's the same thing also talking about taxation in india in february of 2022 the government of india also imposed 30 percent taxes on all cryptocurrency related income in yesterday's big news, I think the biggest news of yesterday, there's a lot of little news, but the biggest news of yesterday is that Ethereum is one step closer to the merge, the long-awaited move to a proof-of-work blockchain. 
Yesterday, another one of the test nets, Sepalia, executed its own merge and made the switch to proof of stake. Ethereum developers have now tested the merge on two public test nets, Robston and Sepalia. The next test will take place on the Gorilli testnet, and I hope I'm saying that right. It's G O E R L I. I tried to look it up, I couldn't see anybody pronouncing it, so I used the Google pronunciation. I think that's right. Anyway, after that, the Ethereum mainnet moves across, meaning the entire network will be going to proof of stake. The merge is now expected to be fully completed by the end of this year. Moving into today's news, well, I can tell you right now, I'm going to have a lot of opinions about this. And so if you agree or disagree with my opinions, you could always email me, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Today, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or better known as the FDIC, has launched a probe into the bankrupt crypto company Voyager Digital for allegedly deceiving users. If you don't know, FDIC Insurance is a consumer protection agency that insures users' deposits in banks and oversees financial institutions, including banks, for safety and protection of investors, even in the event of bank failures. Voyager Digital, the Toronto-based crypto firm, reportedly marketed that all depositors in the firm were covered by FDIC insurance through its partnership with Metropolitan Commercial Bank, Voyager's banking partner. In simple terms, it may have sold Voyager as an FDIC-insured company. So what's the issue? Well, the depositors are not actually protected against Voyager's failure, including bankruptcy and the loss in value of products. In a blog post dating back to 2019, Voyager explained that it had the FDIC insurance covering both Voyager and its banking partners. And yesterday, the wording of that claim was modified. And the wording that says that there's protections of FDIC insurance against Voyager's failures was removed. Okay, so let me summarize this really quick for you. Voyager makes a blog post and statements that it's FDIC insured. People give them cryptocurrency and stablecoins and cash like it's a bank. Voyager goes under. People are like, hey, this is allegedly, by the way. People are like, hey, I have FDIC insurance. FDIC is like, no, you don't. And they're like, but Voyager told me, allegedly. And now FDIC is like, did you just lie to everybody? Allegedly lie to everybody. This is getting more and more interesting. And I just had to pause and go off and look for something. On October 4th, I put on episode 9% APY. Is it too good to be true? I interviewed the CEO of Voyager Digital, and I don't know what he says there. I can't remember. But if you want to listen to what he said and listen to a bit of history and see how that's playing out, go check out that episode on October 4th. Link is also in the show notes. Also happening today, DeFi entrepreneur Jason Stone, one of the individuals behind yield farming account 0xB1 and CEO of KeyFi Inc., is suing crypto lending firm Celsius for allegedly refusing to honor its contract. Stone is seeking damages for the amount to be determined at the trial. KeyFi alleges Celsius used customer funds to manipulate crypto assets markets and had failed to issue basic accounting controls which endangered those same deposits. And they also had failed to carry through on promises. In a lengthy Twitter thread, Stone said that the DeFi account 0xB1 was managing nearly $2 billion in assets for Celsius at one point. 
and that Celsius assured him that it was taking adequate risk management measures, such as hedging any potential impermanent loss from activities in liquidity pools. In simple terms, impermanent loss occurs when the price of tokens deposits into a liquidity pool changes compared to the price of which they were deposited. This can lead to the loss of value if traders withdraw in the interim. But Celsius' promises were empty, according to Stone. And Stone wrote this, in quote, In late February of 2021, we discovered Celsius had lied to us. They had not been hedging our activities, nor have they been hedging fluctuations in crypto asset prices. The entire company's portfolio had naked exposure to the markets. That was a year ago, Stone. If this next story doesn't give you red flags across the board, then I don't know what will. Do you guys like board Ape Yacht Clubs, NFTs, or Mutant Apes, or anything like that? Well, you're going to have to cough up about $104,000 for a board Ape Yacht Club NFT. And that's on the low end. But if you are impatient, you don't know how to save your money, and you just want to buy that ape anyway, well, now there's a company that says you can buy the NFT now and pay it off later. They call it Ape Now and Pay Later, and it runs on Polygon. And the founder of this company, Teller Finance, says the platform helps fill the need in the market to enable prospective buyers to access price or NFT assets by paying over time. The CEO of Teller Finance said, Buying NFTs is the one of the core things Web3 customers want to do right now. Buy now, pay later is a no-brainer. Here's how it works. If you want a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT that user and is listed on OpenSea, then they can use Teller's platform to specify what asset that they want. You have to put down a 50% down payment and they match you with a lender. If the match is successful, they will buy the NFT and put it into escrow. And then you have a repayment cycle. Once the repayment cycle is fulfilled, you get your NFT. So there's different kinds of down payments that you need for different NFTs. If you want to buy an Adidas NFT, you need 25% down payment. If you want a Murakami, it's 33%. If you want a blue chip NFT, you need about 50%. This is danger all across the board. Um, actually, I don't have a rant about this. I want you to let me know what you think about this. Matthew, you're in at crypt.co because this is red flags. Also, I need somebody to help me figure out what is going on because Sam Bickman Freed is obviously brilliant. He's obviously motivated. He's obviously well-financed. And he's obviously playing four-dimensional chess on everybody. But I can't figure this out unless he is forcing Voyager Digital into bankruptcy or he's trying to acquire them. Here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Alameda Research, the firm founded by crypto billionaire Sam Bateman Freed, last month extended a $500 million line of credit to Voyager Digital. However, Alameda Research owes Voyager Digital $377 million, according to Voyager Digital's Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing. So the question is, why did you take a loan for Voyager and you owe Voyager money and then you give it a line of credit instead of just paying the money back? And there has to be a reason because one, Sam has his money. Two, he's been bailing out different companies. And three, why don't you just repay the loan that you have to Voyager Digital? What is going on? I can't figure it out unless there is complete, uh, I guess, strong arming here going on. Let me know. Matthew and Crypt.co. I need somebody smarter to let me know. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. I'll be back tomorrow because I have something special for you to listen to. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>